Welcome to the Come Clean Pod, a place where we take the taboo out of TMI. We're stripping away shame and eradicating embarrassment through conversations held with honesty, humor, and humanity. We're your hosts. I'm Holiday. And I'm Mando. Come with us while we do our dirty laundry. mouthful of coffee hotel room coffee do you know do you know the trick about how to um how to like really utilize these like um yeti and arctic and like the vacuum sealed mugs Mm -hmm. and stuff like to really like actually make them work no i do not so you're gonna fill me in in one second but i have that mug or a mug just like that and they love it because obviously it keeps the coffee warmer for a longer time what's the secret okay so any of these like vacuum sealed containers like whether it's for soup or for coffee or or if you're trying to keep something cold is you preheat or pre-cool the container so because i knew i was going to be in my new space and it's a little bit chillier out here because it's not insulated what you do is you put like boiling hot water in the container put the top on while you're making your drink or making your soup and then for like ideally 15 minutes and then it fully like heats the inside layer heats the air in between heats the cup all the way through then you dump that out and pour your hot liquid in and mm. it keeps it like that's how they that's really how they recommend that's how they get those numbers of like keeps hot things hot for 20 hours or whatever it, whatever it, the claim is that's how you get those numbers same things for cold if you put like fill it with ice and a little bit of water for 10, 15 minutes, and then you put your iced coffee in it, it will keep it that temperature for however long they say. Oh. That's the trick. Because you got to like preheat it and pre-cool it, not go from room temp. Ooh, tips by Holly. Talking about, speaking of doing less things better. Yes. Well, it's a little chilly out today, so that is (laughs) a smart move. It's a tit bit nipply. Where you are in New Hampshire... Spoiler yeah. alert, Ando's in New Hampshire. Uh, have you heard the New Hampshire accent? I can't do it so good, but like they have a very specific, like the coolest specific accent. Really? You think so? I didn't yeah. notice that. It's I've like, never noticed that. It's kind of like Boston, but it's like a little more open mouth. They, you guys, go on the internet and look up New Hampshire weather guy and you'll find it. I don't know if that's exactly what it's really? called. It's like, it tickles my bones. Because I'm from the area that it's like, oh, my God, they do sound like that. <laughs> I'm just the happiest because we're in our jammies this morning. Yeah. And I, I'm i just happy I don't have to wear a bra right now. I don't wear a bra very often. You know what I was thinking about? Listen, do you, when do you I have bra thoughts? I have a question about people who have actual I literally actual wanted boobs. to talk about it this morning. You wanted to talk about boobs this morning? Yes, I did. I have to say, oh, this is good. Like, I can't talk thing. about this. I was like, I can't bring up her boobs. It's so rude. <laughs> Wait, my boobs? Yes, I wanted to talk about this. I can't want to talk about my boobs. Just boobs in general, but I was like, <laughs> as I was getting into my clean pajamas from my pajamas, and I had to put a bra on, I was like, the Ando doesn't have to put a bra on. I mean, I didn't know what way we, were, which road we were going down. Like, Ando, I'm thinking about your boobs. Like, I've had, I've only had maybe one or two other women ever think about my boobs before. I didn't know where this was going. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was thinking how lucky you are. I hate. Okay, so. 
I've never had boobs ever. And even when I was like pre-kids, obviously I didn't really have boobs. But and I used to buy like the Victoria's Secret push-up bras with all the padding. And when I was a cheerleader, we used to do like the chicken cutlets in the bra to like lift them and squeeze them in. Um, and then I and then like no bra became popular. And then when I had kids and I was breastfeeding, I was so proud of my boobs. It was so <laughs> exciting. And honestly, if you were like friends with me at that, t- if you were friends with me at that time in our life and I had known you this well, I used to squirt my breast milk at people because I just thought it was funny. I would literally because I didn't even I would like wear like a nursing bra, but I'd like lift my shirt up and just do like a little squirt because I just I would love the way it would shoot across the room and I'd love to freak people the fuck out. And it was the best. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. And that's like one of the only things that like bums me out about the fact that I've chosen a no child life is that my boobs will never have a purpose i've actually read that you women who don't have children can lactate i've read that too like if especially if you're like close enough with with a child like you caretake them or whatever i think it has to do with like nipple stimulation from like yeah uh, i I don't really know a lot about it but anyways back to the boobs so you but do you do you ever just be like fuck it i'm not wearing a bra because you've got some girls that yeah are there uh i do especially so like I had like a liberation when COVID happened of like, I'm never wearing a bra again. And like I tried the bralettes, which until COVID, they did not make bralettes for a 38 double or 38 D like that. They didn't. They didn't. They said they did. They did. Got it. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. No. And uh, and then there. Yeah, there were days that I wouldn't wear a bra and like but then, you know, I became 36 and there are still some days where I'll do it in the right shirt or the right the right thing, but I'll, sometimes I get a look and I'm like, "This is obscene." Like it's like, and then I I try to like step out of the like patriarchal societal like what people are thinking about me, and then I just look at the way they move and I'm like, I look like I'm in a porn. Like <laughs> there's a lot of boob here. <laughs> you know what's hard about having big boobs is. A lot of times, like no matter what I wear, it becomes sexualized. Like if I put on like a good bra and mm-hmm. a dress, it looks like I'm trying to be Jessica Rabbit. Some a lot of times, like uh-huh. I'm, just, I'm just trying to wear a dress. Like yeah, it's hard to not look like I'm trying really hard. You know what? <laughs> I'll just bring it back to yoga. You know what poses really hard? <laughs> plow what? pose. I almost suffocate in plow pose all the time. Oh yeah, I've never. And, and then I start to laugh, and then I'm like, <laughs> well, you can't myself turn your head. With my own boobs. You can't turn your head. You're supposed to be right. Yeah. yeah. So if you you're buried right in there. Yes. You yeah. Got- and like filling up my eye socket. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have that problem. So no. sad. It's all right. It's yeah, all it's about right. balance. I just like I can't even shirt certain shirts and stuff. Like I can't. I don't fill out tops. So mm-hmm. it just it's. Like I've had moments where I've legitimately been upset and been like, should I get breast implants? And I'm just too much of a naturalist at this point. Not because I would, you know, power to whoever wants to do it. But I feel like obviously it's so invasive. So I just go through phases from time to time. You know what I just found out like a year ago? So I was always super self-conscious about like when you laid and you don't have lot of boobs so i don't know if this happens to you tell me if this happens to you like when you lay down with no bra mm-hmm. on at, like at night and then your boobs like go out to the side and you're kind of like left with no boobs in the middle like friends friends listening 
if if you're worried about this, if if this has happened to you, I just found out a year like a year and a half ago when I was dating a much older man. He was I, I would I would like try to be like <laughs> hide it or whatever, and he's like, <laughs> "What are you doing?" <laughs> like I hate that this happens to me. I have such a wide sternum. He's like, "This happens to everyone," and then Whitney Cummings. Um, comedy special came out and she did a whole bit about it about how when she got breast implants her boobs didn't move out to the side when she laid down and she likes to think of them as like alligator eyes like I'm coming to get you <laughs> and I was like oh my god really this happens to everybody I lived in so much fear and shame every night of my life that I spent in bed with someone else <laughs> because I was like oh my god my boobs just disappear when I lay down I was because dev- they I was just gravity takes them takes them away I did not know that. That I doesn't thought, happen to me. And yeah, mm. is it is it because I'm the oldest? Is it because I didn't have an older sister, or is this just a thing people don't talk about? I don't. Oh, I think people probably don't talk about this regularly. You know, like I think when we get our coffee tomorrow at Starbucks, we should just walk up to the person. <laughs> hey, be like, hey, do you? Do you- yeah. Do you know that it's okay if your boobs disappear when you lay down? Because it's not just okay. It's actually it happens to everybody. My boobs disappear when I lay down. I think I just thought you should know that. You go, sister. Solidarity. Don't let anybody hey. tell you they shouldn't. Let's see. So boobs, check. Got that down on the list to talk about. Um, it's so funny that we both thought of this this morning. Like truly, listener, we did not, we did no, not, we were not plan not to talk to. about this. My children were being assholes this morning. I was trying to get them out of here because so we're on yeah, vacation. Oh, Gre- my Greta's going through this phase where she only wants to wear her older sister's clothes. Oh, oh. So I so do this. You mean just for the rest of their lives? <laughs> yeah, so just like normal life, you know. Um, and Clara's so kind about it. You know, she Aww. doesn't get too mad. It's actually super cute, but. I have to go into, I know probably other moms will probably. Is that why she didn't want to wear that bathing suit the other day? Yes. Because she, okay, so she, what I do now is I take Greta's actual clothing and I I move it like to Clara's (laughs) bag. And me and Clara have like, it's, I don't know if this is right or wrong, judge me, whatever, who gives a fuck. But I take Greta's clothes and I move them to her. If we're at home, I put. Greta's clothes in Clara's drawer and then I look at Clara and I'm like oh Clara will you let Greta wear something of yours today so she wears her own actual clothes oh like Greta God. doesn't know the difference she just only wants to wear what her sister likes it's really cute oh my it's, god it's such a phase right now because it causes the biggest tantrums and so we got into a huge fight about getting dressed this morning because mama forgot to move the clothes to Clara's oh, bag no. so she yeah Anyway, it's all balanced. It must, it's got to be so hard. Because like, is, how, how do you know if that's like, because on one level, it's like, it's harmless, you know, like, yeah. it seems harmless. And then on one level, it's like, is it like creating some uh, down like, the road pattern of like, yes, yes. I constantly know? struggle with that because I'm like, how it's again, it's just balance and give and take. And, and, you know, whatever you like decide to do as a parent, the other one, the other parent usually comes along and like fucks it up, not on purpose. But like, <laughs> it's just like, we're all trying to survive because Sean will do that. Like, he'll, he'll be like, yeah, I don't care where whatever you want. And I'm like, no, shoot. <laughs> and I, I mean, it's so much about control and power struggle right now. So I just let go where I can and do less better. <laughs> And that's one thing I don't, that is a fight I don't want to pick. So I just, sometimes yeah. I do. I'm like, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of life. And yeah. so today we're chitty chatting about doing all things, all things less. 
better. We're doing things. Do less better. Yes. This has been a topic on my mind for so long that I purchased a book called How to Do Nothing. Do you want to know how long ago I bought this book? At least two years ago, maybe three. And I've been doing so much that I haven't had time to read the book about how to do less. <laughs> so I've now moved it into my reading area where there's only two books because I, so, I have so many books in my house, in my tiny house where I have like almost no things. A lot of that space is books. Um, so I'm making a pledge that I'm going to read this book to help us. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell us all a little informed about Who, how to do less better. Who's the author of that book? Jenny O'Dell. It's a New York Times bestseller. So I'm going to read this and get back to us. But I've th this has been on my mind for even longer than when I bought the book. But having been so unhealed for so long, having like feeling this need that like, yeah, I'm sure this will be easier once I am worthy of doing less. Like I have to do more. I have to do all these things in order to be capable, lovable, worthy, smart enough, skilled enough, skinny enough, pretty enough, like all those things. And thank goodness I now have an incredible therapist and a community and friends that I don't feel that way anymore. Like I understand I've worked through a lot of that. And so now like my pattern is still like going in that direction, but I'm like starting to break that pattern and realize how untrue all that is and how that like searching and continuing to get another certificate or take another class or do this, that thing, whatever, that's just more spinning away from actually honing any skills or actually becoming anything. Like you can't actually become anything if you're if you're always if you're always like gathering, you can never really nest. You know, yeah. When we were thinking about this topic, I <laughs> this memory popped into my head back when. And <laughs> let me preface this by saying, not much has changed, <laughs> um, but we're all a work in progress. So, back in like college, I was going to college. So I was a full time student. I was working full time. I was also cheering for the Patriots. And so my, I mean, working full-time, I was a part-time employee, basically working full-time. I was, I worked at the grocery store through college. So I remember when, when you work in the grocery store, they always want to like cross train everyone. Like, oh, if you can be a cashier, you can also work in the service desk and you can work in the bakery. And like the more jobs you can do, obviously that's beneficial for you and the company. And so I remember they were like cross training me and all these things. And my like immediate manager at the time First of all, just keep in mind, I was young. I was like, not even 21 yet. And she was like, that girl has way too many irons in the fire. She was this older woman. I loved her. She was a great boss. But I remember being so offended, being like, I, I can, uh, what do you mean? I can, what does that even mean? What is, what, what does that even mean? Like, I could do everything. I could do it all. Like, and she <laughs> didn't want to admit it then, but she was right because I was just like spinning and spiraling mm -hmm. and trying to take on so much. And like I was doing everything fine, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is like, like joke, like when you ask a woman, like if she's fine, everything is not fine. That's actually mm -hmm. a, a joke that I have with my therapist when she'll say like, how has everything been? And I'm like, it's fine. And she'll be like, just remember that like fine is not okay. <laughs> yeah. If <laughs> fine, fine is less than okay. So and then when you get really good at at surviving, you learn to say it's good. 
Yeah, 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 because yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you can just lie over the fine. <laughs> so I, I feel like societally too, like we try to do a lot, a lot of things and like stuff and be productive with our time and get get as much as we can into, you know, a micro minute and how much can we achieve and go forward for. But a lot of times it's counterproductive because when I think about the the times where I have been the most, what I would define as successful in my life, I've always, or successful and fulfilled, right? Like for me, it's a sense of fulfillment and being in flow. And it's always times when I've been in flow with something where I'm 100% present, I'm 100% invested. It's not like a task that I have to do. And I know that like we will have tasks in our lives that we have to accomplish. But I think a lot of it for me has been about recognizing how I have and this might be something you can speak to more as someone who has struggled with different types of like ADHD or ADD is that for me, it's about distraction too. Like sometimes there will be like something in front of me that I know that I have to do or that is important. And like, instead of actually focusing on the one thing (laughs) that I know I could do to finish or accomplish or move forward with, I'm actually like adding more on my plate. I'm like, oh, well, I have to stop what I'm doing because we need milk. We need milk. We need milk right now. I'm going to go to the store and get it because we need milk. We need milk in the house today. And if we don't have milk, like I'm not accomplishing anything, but I'm actually taking so much time away from focusing on the thing that actually (laughs) would benefit me. And or in the same explanation of that, I've also had so many times where I've done something that has been what I would call like a baseline regulator, like a nervous system regulator that's actually super counterproductive. It's like the unhealthy thing, like another cup of coffee or I'm going to be friends with this person that I know is not good for me or spend time with this person that I know is not good for me. And it only makes being in that state of flow less possible, but it also makes it so that I've just thrown more complicated irons Mm. in the fire, so to speak, so that I'm not actually doing anything better. I'm just doing a lot of things kind of okay. And the things that I want to be focusing on that actually help propel me forward, I'm actually doing those things pretty shitty because I'm I'm not in flow and I'm not I'm not in focus with what's in front of me. Yeah, that really resonates that it's it's almost it's kind of like you get going on something and you're like, yeah, okay, cool. All right. And then it's like, it gets hard or it just gets to be a place where you're like, I got to do some work or I got to like face something I don't really want to. So instead of pushing through it or like climbing over it or digging deeper underneath it, like instead of like actually attacking and keep going on this thing that I care about and I know I care about, I'll just throw something else in here. And it's, that's where, that's exactly where I'm at is like, I recognize that that's what I was doing. And so I'm I am actively I've told my therapist, I've told my like yoga mentor, I am saying it here. I've we've talked about it many times that like mm-hmm. wait, oh wait, I know I know that this was what I was doing now, and so I really want to stop doing that because I see how even though I was trying to convince myself that by doing another training or by whatever whatever whatever, that wasn't actually making me a better teacher or making me more money or whatever, whatever I thought 
that it was going to like going and buying milk wasn't actually going to make you a happier home. But like facing your finances and paying your bills, even though it might have been uncomfortable for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. That would have actually it's it's like dealing it's being it's becoming okay with processing discomfort. I think that's the major hurdle. It's more comfortable for some of us to dive into something new, to create change, to to get excited about the unknown than to face. Even you know, even that we think it's the known. We think facing our finances is like, oh, this is that thing. It might be fine. It's old. It's old that we think that it's going to be terrifying. Mm-hmm. We think it's going to be bad. We think that, I don't know, name something that pushing through it, we think having a hard conversation is going to go poorly. But like, if you really actually think about it and you look back at examples of like the last 10 times you've had to do that, I bet you'd find that they weren't really that bad and you felt better after. And if you looked back to the 10, the last 10 times you actually sat and opened your mail and dealt with the bills and the invoices and the mail things you had to mail back and respond to, that they weren't actually that bad. And once you did it, you felt better. But it's the idea we have of it's the baggage we have around it that like stops us from moving through and continuing on. And I'm speaking from my own personal thing of like, there have been times where my therapist has been like, can we open your mail together? Because I can see it on your desk. Can I can I be with you? Would it help if I doesn't talk like that? But because sometimes the idea of something is like a is like this albatross like this uh, like a monster and i think it's so so important to recognize that like no thing is too big or too small like some of us might be like uh, i mean if we're all being honest with ourselves we all have like these human moments of judgment and and those ego moments enter into our into our brain but like nothing is too big or too small like one person might be like oh come on holly you can't open your mail seriously but like some people can't pump their own gas. Some people mm-hmm. don't. Some people are so debilitated with fear over what someone else might think is such a simple task. I know someone who can't is, go get her haircut by herself. It's like, me, it's like one of my favorite things, but some people can't do it. Like that's right. It's an experience they had in the past that has turned it into something else. Right. And we can't judge them for that. But I saw something the other day that was like, You can't be, it was like a mom thing. It was like, you can't be like the fun mom and the productive mom and like something else. I don't remember what it was, but it was like, you have to choose one. You have to decide to choose one that day. And like, cause you can't do all three. Like you're either going to be the fun mom and your house is going to be a mess or you're going to be the productive mom and like your house will be super clean. And I'm like, yeah, this is so in line with what's going on right now, because I think a big piece of this and I love that you're like giving the specific examples of like the male, because it's important when I when our listeners are here listening to us. I love when we give these examples because everyone has something in their life that they know. Like I think what has really resonated for me in the last two months really is I have taken like the lens and zoomed out and been like, okay. And I'm this is my encouragement to anyone who is listening. Take the lens of your life, zoom out and be like, what what do I know about myself that like needs to change? Because we're probably all managing and juggling a lot of stuff. <laughs> Fair to say. Um and 
really hone in on like one thing that you can specifically work on. Like there's 700 things we can all work on, but that is not in the context of this conversation. What is like one area of your life that you might know that like you really need to like, what are you avoiding? Like, yeah. What's a thing that you, what's a thing that you disproportionately have feelings about? Or maybe not even avoiding, but like you keep doing the same, no offense, stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> talking to myself here we keep doing the same stupid shit for me it has been my calendar mm. because i will look at i i live and die by my iphone calendar and you know like me and my husband have shared calendars and we have like a special calendar that's a family calendar and we we tried to implement this like two years ago because it's a constant thing where it's like life is so busy and we now have like kids activities and other things going on in our own schedules So for me, I've like looked at my calendar and been like in the past, I have so much time. Oh, my God, I have all day on Monday to do blah, blah, blah. But like I forget when I look at that day that like in the morning for the first two hours, I am like, you know, just like every other parent, like getting my kids out the door and trying to get them to. And that in itself is like a full time job. So once that time is used up, then I only really have, you know, X amount of hours to do X. So if I take a coffee date in the middle of the day or an appointment in the middle of the day, I mean, you guys all get where I'm going with this. So for me... I have been like, this has been like my mission. I'm like, I'm taking back my power of my calendar. And so like I have physically crossed out like and I'm starting school in a couple of weeks. So I'm I'm starting to get like really antsy about my time. And I have crossed out like these are the days that like I will say no to everyone. Like I don't care who wants to talk to me or meet with me or if I if I want to get my nails done or if I want to have an if I need a dentist appointment, however big or small these things are, I have to take back my time. And if someone invites us out somewhere, the other thing that I was doing that was just stupid was I'd be like, yeah, we can go. And then I would wait until like that week to find a babysitter because Mm. I was so and it wasn't because I was even avoiding. I think some of it is avoidance, but I think I'm also like so bombarded with everything else trying to do everything else Mm -hmm. so well that the time came and I would be like, oh, shit, I forgot. I totally mm-hmm. forgot because I've been so in my head about processing everything else. And it's just life stuff. But like, I think we are, we zoom out and we like specifically focus in on, I mean, you guys listen to the episode where like I was, uh, I was avoiding our bills and hiding our mail. <laughs> <laughs> like that's something I worked on. I And it sounds ridiculous. But like now when my mail comes in, I open it. I mean, this kind of speaks to something that we're working on. So stay tuned. We've got we've got some cool things coming, guys, but not for a few weeks um, to help with these with these issues because we also have them. And I think it's really interesting and helpful to take, like you said, zoom out and get really honest about like, where am I not doing so hot? Like, what am I not doing so well? And so... <laughs> I'm going to step back again and say, so I've read You Are a Badass many times. It was the first like personal development book I think I ever read. And and I I liked it because it wasn't super frou-frou. And I will be very honest that, oh, that when I read it, some of it, I was like, it's still kind of like canned. You know, it's like mm-hmm. some of it's a little bit like this lady's making millions of dollars on yeah, just I get like what you're saying. adding fuck into the middle of still just like a platitude. But it did help me. Like I think about it, I think about some of the things, some of the topics and the ideas that she offers a lot. And this was like 10 years ago that I read it. That reminds um, me of that book. Did you ever read Skinny Bitch? 
That was super popular. Like I like started to, and then I was like, ago. I started to, and then I was like, this, I can't, I can't with this. <laughs> but like, it was like the same sort of thing where yeah. it was like, you know, some swear words in between. They were like, like a lot of this like, is not a diet. Uh, but yeah, so one of the things that Jen Sincero, who I met, by the way, was I drove all the way to Boston. I drove almost three hours to Boston to stand in line to meet her, talk to her for like four minutes, and then get in the car and drive three hours home. I love that you did that. I know. One of the things that she talks about is how important it is to recognize what you're not doing well or what you can't do and how to delegate. Delegate or make decisions about what to stop doing because we can't do everything. And this I'm feeling so deeply in my life. This is the first time that I've owned my living space. And I've been single for long stretches of time. But for some reason, I feel like extra single being like the sole person of a home that I own. And maybe it's just because I'm doing like bigger projects than I did in an apartment. It feels harder now. I feel like when am I going to come up for air? Like I can either have clean dishes or clean clothes. I can either be moving forward on the winterization projects or the work projects like this building that I'm in today. I can either be teaching a lot of classes during the week and making money, or I can be doing stuff for my home. It is tremendously difficult and it it seems impossible to strike a balance. Like, how can I take, how could I do like any of those things halfway? So right now, oh God, this is, this is, I'm going to admit this, but it's going to take me a minute to get it out. It's mortifying. Granted, everybody, cool your jets because I do live in a tiny house. So I probably have way less of these things than anybody else. So don't judge me too hard. Every single fork, knife, spoon. I have like three spoons left. Is dirty. Every single small plate, bowl, plate bowl. You know, some like some like Mm. I have only like three extra large plates that I never use clean. All of my dishes are dirty. All of my cups are dirty. Every single dish. Granted, I only have like two or three of each of those things, but like every single dish is dirty. Yeah, all my like my last load of laundry is in the dryer right now, but I just I can't stay above water and this is beats me over the head with the with the truth that I need to figure out how to do less and do it better and it feels extra impossible especially with like home things when I'm the only one at home it reminds me of like overtraining when you see like high performance athletes and like I, like I, I feel like like fighters like MF, MF, MFA am I saying that right MMA no, that's the Museum of Fine Arts <laughs> MMA fighters, thank you, and like high performance athletes who overtrain their bodies. Like, there's actually like legitimate science that backs this up. Like, it's so counterproductive for them because they end up with burnout and fatigue and like overtrain. We know this from like just studies that are out there. Anytime we overtrain, we're not actually getting the benefits from our bo- from from the exercise or from whatever it is we're working through, like you know, like strength training or whatever. We're actually just depleting ourselves Mm -hmm. and it's so counterproductive to the body and the mind. And so it just makes us tired Mm -hmm. and then we're not able to show up and be available for anything. And that's how I felt over the last, especially like the last two weeks. This is the this is my point is not that it, it is not contingent on like the what exactly was going on in my life. This is a pattern 
that mm-hmm. I have repeated many times and I and I believe I know for a fact that so many people out there are doing as well. If we could figure out what things we actually wanted to do and what things would actually help us create a truer, more beautiful, like fulfilling life. And what are distractions that we're telling ourselves are helping to get closer? Yeah. Like what's our milk? You know, what's our Mm -hmm. this thing? I'll be happier when thing that's actually a distraction that's keeping us from moving through the discomfort, just like the brief little moments of challenge in the real areas of our lives that we really actually want to be moving forward in. But we need to recognize that difference. The, the other day, you know, I went um, to get milk, not to get milk. <laughs> I, I've i been like, again, I've been really super high alert about managing my time. And so it's something I've been really focusing on. And so I had time the other morning, but I was feeling just I don't even know if depleted is the right word, but I just was feeling like off. Like it was like I was for once in my life tuned into myself and I said, well, I have time right now and I could go home and like open my computer and make lists and, you know, do things that I know actually need to get done. But something was like, you need, you need like a nature walk. So, and I don't do this. Like (laughs) I do meditate from time to time, but I'm not like you know, someone that goes out in nature a lot. I, you know, I hate to admit that like here in the flesh, but that's just the truth. Like I don't follow those little inklings, but I'm like, I need to be out in nature. So I ended up dropping the kids off at school and I went for a walk. And do you want to know how productive I was after that walk? That was the most productive day of my week. And I was just in a state of flow for the entire day. So I think, you know, of course, like it's so cliche to be like, just take the pause and really, you know, tune into yourself. But I think the first step is what we're talking about here is just like zooming out, like take the lens, zoom out, look at your life and see where you're. I'm going to argue, I'm going to push back a little bit because I think the first step and what I was going to offer as as my idea of the first step. And like, again, it's going to sound cliche, but it's made the biggest difference in my Bitch, actual are you life. Disagree with me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, do people want to see a fight over people want to see a fight break out? <laughs> What's so funny is what I'm going to say. And it's like the opposite of a fight um, <laughs> is I just I'm like hesitant because like I know everyone is going to be like, oh, of course, it's meditation. It's like you got you have to find you have to find the quiet before you'll even be able to zoom out because if you're like and then you're like "Uh, zoom out okay oh god so many things to do like you're not even going to be able to see anything with any kind of perspective until you have a meditation practice like and god the words meditation practice like Mm -hmm. as someone who has a meditation practice those words make my skin crawl and like i don't want to tell you guys to do that Yeah, because of the words, but I want you to have the benefits and like, uh, it's just the, you know, it's the overuse and the like bastardization of of all of it through it's like journey, you know, it's like all those words that we, you know, that the memification of things that that makes it hard to talk about. But truthfully, truly, the space and the time, the (laughs) it's like, um, I forget if it was like, I don't think it was Matthew Ricard. I don't. And it wasn't Buddha. I forget which like great teacher said this, but um, it essentially is like you you think you don't have time to meditate. You need to meditate twice as long. Like that's mm-hmm. it's incredible how taking 
10 minutes. I mean, 15 minutes is great, but is like mm-hmm. even better. But you take 10 minutes out of your morning to sit in, sit still in silence and sh- just allow anything to come and go through your brain, but you don't attach to any of it. And you realize, oh, I've attached to this. I'm thinking, oh, I'm just going to go back to, to nothing, to, to breath, to breath, to a clear nothing, to clear passing, letting things pass. And then I realize I'm not things aren't passing anymore. I'm thinking about something. Oh, I just go back to unattached. I One time I did a, oh no, I can't remember the app. There was an app that had sleep meditations and they would, or no, it was sleep stories. They would tell you a story for you to fall asleep to. And they'd begin with a little meditation and they'd say, as gentle as a feather falling on a crystal glass. And to me, that was just, that's like all I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. That changed my meditation practice. Like when you realize that you're thinking, as gently as a feather on a crystal glass, bring yourself back. That practice every day, it creates like hours worth of time in the rest of your day just mm-hmm. by taking 10 minutes. You think you don't have 10 minutes, but that 10 minutes will give you hours because you're not scrambled and running around like a maniac the rest of the day. You start your day from a place that maybe you've never known before. Like when you come out of a nature walk. Mm-hmm. Like when you come out of a spa treatment or... She's right. A She's hair right people. You know, like whatever brings you to a place of of like when you flutter your eyes open, you're like, oh, that was good. Like that place, you could be there every morning. Mm-hmm. And then you see things differently. You have a different perspective. What's important feels different. And so I would say that for everything that we've talked about today, that that's like the first... I also it's think like the first that it, medicine. I also think that it allows you to be at peace with because there might be even some people listening who are like, do less, do less, mm-hmm. better. I, like it's that's that sounds shitty to do less, and but to do less better. I mean, you do come to terms with doing less better, and there is a sense of peace with what you can't accomplish and realizing what you don't want to. Like, there's probably yeah. when you get real with yourself there's probably a bunch of stuff that you're doing that you think you that you think you want to be doing you don't actually care about you don't actually want to be doing yeah we were just talking about this actually on the car ride up here we were talking about um my husband just came back from this conference where actually it was all like wellness meditation mindfulness and like full body mind and body um cool for like high performing like executives and things like that so i thought that was really neat um but he was talking about like fake fun like if you can think Mm, about your life like every forced family fun yeah yes exactly like things that you like say yes to all the time like i don't know like i don't know let's i'm just using this example like there's a girl's trip every year and we're going it's gonna Mm -hmm. be so much fun and like every year you go and you realize how much you actually don't like either Mm -hmm. being with these people or going to this one specific thing or doing it this way and it's like you can say no like yeah it's forced fake fun. And I think like, I know, I know I do that with my kids. I'm like, we are going to do this Christmas tradition because we're doing it and it will be fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but everyone's miserable and everyone's crying. And it's like, I used to call that forced family fun when we would like every Friday, we're having a game night and we're going to do it. And we're going to have like, we're going to do it every Friday. You're for it's forced family fun. It's not fun anymore. You're forcing it. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah. But like, just to bring it back, like, I do really believe that we have moments where we can find peace with it because we don't have to do, we don't, yeah, we don't have to do everything. Sometimes we would enjoy, we would enjoy each other more if we stopped and asked, 
and listened. And the same thing with our lives. We would actually enjoy. We're here to experience. We're here to enjoy. We're here to learn. We're not here to produce and perform all the time. Yeah. And and we won't know that. We won't know our, what what it is that we are here to learn and feel and who we are here to connect to and grow through until we ask, like we, we sit and we get quiet and we ask ourselves and we tune in. Otherwise, we're just rats on a wheel. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know about you, except I do. Um, that's not that's not the existence that I want. And I've only really even ever been like kind of on that. Like I'm only like, as far as like the the uh, span of people go, I only even ever got like close to that. But it felt terrible. Mm-hmm. And like, so I just I mean, I'm recognizing now that like when you tune in, you really get to feel the difference because it wasn't like I was so far off my track that I was like, you know, working at some Fortune 500 company and and now here I am. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't ever like so far off that I had to like get to this place. But but it still felt really bad and really out of line to just be like three steps to the left. I wasn't a mm-hmm. hundred steps to the left. So like you can oh. fine-tune your life yes. with just I- a few little steps. Just it's just little noticings, little changes. And you can really like sink in and find like cozy love for your existence and your being and joy and happiness that you've never known because it's chaos and it's hard and it's still hard. It's still gonna be hard. Just choose your heart. I was gonna say earlier, like I realized that part of my like doing too much absolutely also came from a, but what if that thing is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing? What if, what if I don't, if I don't try that thing, then like, I don't know. I don't know if that thing isn't like the most awesome. If I don't, if I don't try over there, what if those aren't my, what if, what if I, I don't know, those aren't my people and that's not my calling. I don't know unless I try it. I get, if I don't go do this thing with those people over there, when, right. I don't know. Now I'm, now I'm going to push back on you though, because you only ever get that way when you haven't fine tuned, right? Like you only ever get that way when you haven't had a nature walk or sat in meditation, because once you are back into Maybe not perfect baseline, right? But once you're closer to a calmer place, you then navigate. You might still say, what if? What if I Mm. want to do this thing or that thing or that thing? But you're not throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping that it Mm -hmm. sticks. It's a little bit more calculated and a little bit more intentional and a little bit more. Anytime anytime you can come back to that baseline through presence, Mm -hmm. you're not flailing. You're never flailing when you're back at your baseline. And you when you're at your baseline, you know with every I'm just remembering through like it feels like eons that when you're at your baseline, you know so deeply that anything that is meant for you will come. Like you don't have to go and jump around or search or you don't have to like go from where you are and like leap. Like right. you can just keep taking one foot in front of the other or you can even just like be where you are. It's when you're looking for it's when you're looking from for external when you're looking for external peace and external validation and external mm-hmm. answers. That's when you need 
you feel like you need to leap and grasp and grab and jump. Thank you, guys. We'll see Do you in two weeks. Less better, bitches. Come Clean Pod is produced by Ando Hawthorne and Holly B. All ideas and opinions expressed are evolving and should not be taken out of the context of the larger conversation. We're always learning and we'll continue to do our best. Take what you need. Don't worry about the rest. If you like the pod, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us together on Instagram at Come Clean Pod, Ando at Yours Truly Ando, Holly is at HB Lionheart, or email us to comecleanpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Until next time.